No houseplants were harmed in the making of this podcast. From Rochester, New York, where things are green, things are warm, and things are wonderful these days, this is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And anything can be geeky if you love it enough. Starring Tanya Mattress, starring Billy DeTori, starring Dan Carmen, and starring Juno the Wonder Dog. I am your host. My name is Chris. We are having a good day so far. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, I know it's going to be Wednesday when you listen to this, but hey, you know what? Time travel, because guess what? We're talking about time travel today. Back in time. <laughs> Dan Dan missed out on a singing career. He really yeah. did. I'm pretty sure. Just feel the power. That's the power, power of love. love. You know, since you started the countdown, yes. there's nothing I've wanted to do more than cough. So excuse me. <laughs> <coughs> there. How are you feeling? You all right? No, I'm better. It's good. I'm glad to hear that. I've actually, you know, I've started taking allergy medicine. I've never been, like, diagnosed with allergies, but I've noticed this season has been especially rough. I've been, like, coughing and sneezing a lot lately, so I've started taking allergy medicine, and it's working on me, which is very unsettling, I must say. So, how are you, Tanya? I'm pretty good. Yeah? yeah. Pretty good? Pretty good. Almost almost good? Almost good. All right. And you, Daniel-san? I'm doing okay. So, um, as I was mentioning before we started recording, my, my son's girlfriend is, is in town for mm-hmm. his graduation on Monday. And uh, they, it's the internet romance thing. They all mm-hmm. met through a particular gaming group. They've been you know, seeing with air quotes around each other for about 11 months now, talking all the time, sharing games, mm-hmm. having a good time. This is the first time they've met in person. So he picked her up from the airport last night at around 11. First time he's seen her without a dragon emoji. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. First without time he's seen her in face. That's and, the word. And I got to say, first impression, she's adorable as all hell. She is a doll. She is a sweet girl. And, um, and so... All these kids, they all have their nicknames and whatnot. She's been going by this nickname, Miku, which is an anime girl kind of a thing, I suppose. Um, but then my familiarity with you know, the Asian culture, anime, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I just remember way back the, the, the book Shogun, which was turned into a mm-hmm. miniseries, and how he, he insisted that Anjin be Anjin-san, San being honorable. Okay, cool. And I hear this all throughout Japanese. Oh, yes, uh, so-and-so-san, this-san, mm-hmm. this-san. So off the cuff for the past few months, I've been calling her Miku-san. Right, and she's been getting an absolute kick out of that, and so I see her, and I'm like Miku-san. She comes running up to me before she she's about to throw a hug around my my mm-hmm. waist, but the before she does, she stops and she puts her hands together and bows like a Japanese person. <laughs> she's not; she's from Kentucky. Okay, um, but it was just so adorable <laughs> to see it in action, and I was like, oh my god, this I like. She, she made a let's just say she made a good first impression on both of Ian's parents because um, Erica likes her too. So that was kind oh, of a, that, that's and when Erica said. and I agree on something, that's that should be noted. An somewhere. apocalypse is going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not an apocalyptic event. It's just you know, okay. dogs and cats living together. Mesoseria. Question: Is she taller or shorter than Jules? I have not seen them standing next to each other, but I think she might be just a smidge taller. <laughs> just a smidge. So she's in the range of Jules, the Jules. Range. She's right in the Jules range yeah. for height. She, I, I would put her probably about five oh. four tops, but. Yeah, she's this little thing, and then here's my son who looks me right. in the eye, this massive mountain of wall. And they had a great, great story. They apparently walked past each other in the airport. Oh, because they didn't know? <laughs> they did. They, somehow or another, they were just latching on. Not, they haven't, they've never, it's not that they've never seen pictures of each other. They haven't video chatted or anything like that, but they haven't actually been physically in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they knew there was a height difference, but she apparently walked right under his gaze. The way that they're telling me the story. He's at the well, baggage claim waiting patiently for her, and she apparently walked right past him and then stopped and turned, and he's like looking, scanning the horizon. Mm-hmm. She's looking up at him. And and, and, and then he, she kind of tugged his shoulder or tugged his sleeve, and he looked down, 
and it didn't process at first. <laughs> he's telling me the story, so I didn't. I'm, I'm taking this as, as they were just you know telling me. But he's like, yeah, I, I looked down and it took me a moment to realize it was her. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, well, you know, if you've never seen her in person, and in person, you thought it's different. So. Yeah. They never found each other and she flew back to Kentucky she sad. <laughs> upset and sad, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this, this one has a happy ending. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're enjoying some time together now and getting a chance to hang out. She'll join us for our, the, the graduation ceremony on Monday, which, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. My yeah. boy is graduating. I will, both of my kids are now fully graduated young adults. Wow, what happened? Uh, time weren't they like this small a little bit? Ago? Yeah, Dan, Dan just put his hand about two and a half feet <laughs> off the floor, and to be sure, there was a point where Ian was two and a half feet tall, and I think he was, was maybe about, about seventeen years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was it was yeah. probably somewhere in the vicinity of he was about eight, you know, a year old. At yeah. That point. yeah, yeah, but so yeah. definitely seventeen years ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and, or for Jules, for Jules years. it was just last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, luckily know. she's sleeping. Well, no, she woke up long enough to. Yeah, she woke up long enough to switch some laundry around downstairs. Yeah, <clears throat> but she's not. She's not uh, unaccustomed to short jokes in this house. No. So she's like, I know which one's the bad knee, <laughs> and I go, Oh yeah, which one? She goes, Both. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, you're right. <laughs> Shit, she's got that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But, well, she uh, could take you out at the ankle too. Yeah, really, she could. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, anyway, so that's that. That's the thing that's happening in the Frank family. I t- I'm taking off from work tomorrow, so I can spend the day just getting ready for the graduation in the late afternoon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what time's graduation? Um, her, their block starts at four o'clock, so they're they're doing it, they're splitting up in twenty minute blocks, so that there's a small group. They're still doing all the social, social distancing, distancing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So our group is supposed to go in at four twenty. There'll be a twenty minute ceremony. He'll get his diploma, and then which is, works for me because then that means the ceremony's over with, right, and we're yeah. off to Red Robin to celebrate. Yeah, so you sorry, know. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. It'll work. Mm-hmm. And then moving on, right? Mm-hmm. So There's nice. not a speaker that has to give 14 speeches, oh, is there? Thank you. <laughs> I, you know what? That's the one thing I'm happy about, social distancing and pandemic protocols, because I, I couldn't sit through a graduation ceremony right now. My attention span couldn't handle it. They could record the speech, and you can put it, and they can, you could do it at your leisure. Yeah, there you go. Edit it into the video somewhere along the line. That's right. You yeah. know? The valid Victorian of these eight people <laughs> is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Essentially, that would probably be yes for this particular group. The valedictorian would be Ian. He's got a seventy-nine and a half average. That's okay. He did the best yeah. of the twenty here. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, look around the room. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so, oh boy. Anyway, mm-hmm. but you know, we're neither here nor there. It's it. I, I so my boss's boss, who I've known, he was my this fellow Len was my direct supervisor when I first came on board with the city almost twelve years ago. Now, mm-hmm. been with wow. the city, yeah. and um. So he's known Ian since he was relatively short. So he's like, what's going on on Monday? You took the day off. I saw that. He goes, didn't you just have vacation last week? I said, yeah, I had vacation last week, but it's Ian's graduation. Oh, my God. It's amazing where the time goes. Had all the comments. And then he's like, well, if you got him during the day, bring him by. I want to see him. Okay, no problem, boss. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it was so cute, though. Yeah. We were going to kick out of that. Anyway, yeah. but we keep making references to time travel. We are, yes. and that's so like because, going back in time. And that's because we we are, as we promised last week, mm. we're diving into a new series. We've we've done the Star Wars original trilogy, and now we are going into the Back, back to, to the, the Future, Future saga. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going uh, back in time with Huey Lewis and the news and other people. We'll get into that, Marty. <laughs> yeah.
In this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town California teen Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, is thrown back into the 1950s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean, Marty encounters young versions of his parents, played by Crispin Glover and Leah Thompson, and must make sure that they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time to save the life of his friend, Doc Brown. It was originally released July 3rd, 1985. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is also behind such noteworthy titles as Forrest Gump, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, Romancing the Stone, Contact, and Castaway. Uh, it, w- it features the song The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. And Huey actually gets his first acting credit um, by having a cameo in one of the early scenes of the movie. And has gone on to prove that Huey is a great singer and an excellent musician, but has zero acting skill was, whatsoever. Was he one of the, the audition judges the, yes. for the yes. talent yes. show? Yeah, for the Battle okay. of the Bands concert. Now, now yeah. I got one, it. One the, yeah, he's the one. The one, the, 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 They're too loud. The, the megaphone? Yes. Okay. And actually, I'd like to dispute the Huey Lewis acting. He's in an underrated movie, or one I like anyway, called Duets. That's the yes. one with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. yes. That's where I actually formulated my opinion. Oh, you don't like the movie? Be, well, I liked him. the movie was all right, uh-huh. but his, his the way he delivered lines, it was like, Oh my God! I, I remember seeing mm. similar skill to that in in high school on the on, the, on stage with the drama club. It I'm was, I'm gonna have to rewatch it because yeah. to be honest with you, people singing and dancing on TV and movies mm-hmm. is sort of like my it's your catnip, my weakness. Yeah. yeah. So now I will guilty pleasure. I will yeah. agree that the other actors and the the singing mm-hmm. performances and whatnot in duets was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. And mm-hmm. and the duet that he shares with Gwyneth Paltrow was very cool because they have these the both of them have great singing mm-hmm. voices. I will not debate. Huey Lewis mm-hmm. as a musical performer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's he, just, yeah. he was one of my favorite bands. Yeah, in the I'm, 80s I'm a up, fan too. Right, mm-hmm. um, but there's that scene at the end, and I don't know, spoilers for duets. Even though we're not <laughs> we're not book clubbing this movie, I haven't at the seen it yet though. You, you, you trust me, you're not going to miss it. Much. <laughs> I'm not missing anything. Right. You're not going to rush out to see. But it, I'm there's sure. a scene know, at the maybe. end where you know where that one fella goes it, through what he goes through. Yep. Right, and they're all kind of dealing with the enormity of what just happened in front of him, and and he busts out with this dry ass delivery of "I've never seen Freebird sung like that before," and the way he delivered the line, I'm like, "Oh God, get him off the screen!" <laughs> <coughs> I'll I'll have to rewatch that. I'm gonna have to watch it for the first time. So <coughs> I haven't watched it in a while. I watched it. Oh wow! So let me see what duets is playing on, just so I know where to. Yeah. It, they, it may not have stuck to the film, actually. It, it may have just erased itself. <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad movie. It was no, just, I, I liked yeah. it. Like I said, I liked it. It wasn't it, like, you well, know. Well, let's see. It wasn't um, like Alan Quartermain in The Lost Cities of Gold mm-hmm. with, uh, with what's his name, Richard Chamberlain back in the 80s. Their, their Indiana Jones knockoff, which yeah, was Yeah, there was horrible. a bunch of those. There's a couple of zero yeah, percents yeah. on the Rotten Tomatoes mo- uh, list. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to pay three ninety nine to watch it. No, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. Well, back to the future. Yes. Yeah, the future. <laughs> See, that's great. See, Good this is wonderful. The wonderful thing about... We can go back in time, pretend that conversation never happened. <laughs> exactly. You beat me to the... Po- you were right there in my head. That's awesome. Oh, All right. man. It's a frightening place to be. <laughs> anyway, um, so where was I? Yes, we were talking about the movie. It had a, um, a budget of $19 million. It was made for $19 million. And then in the U.S., it grossed $211 million, uh, almost $211.5 million. Uh, and around the world, 
Outside of the U.S., it garnered another 381, almost 382 million dollars. So, definitely worth the investment. Which, is, it, which is why there were sequels. Well, you know what? The thing is, I always wondered if this, we're going to go back to kind of the conversation we had with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know George Lucas had this grand plan in his head, but really, was he anticipating sequels? Because they, and here we go, spoiler festival. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Back to the Future ends kind of on a cliffhanger. Of sorts. So, was there a plan to do a second one, or was that just to make people wonder? I think it was to make people wonder at mm-hmm. the time. If I remember back at the time, uh-huh. back, back in time, <laughs> then I, I think it was just you know, a lot of people wonder. I mean, it was kind of complete. But, yeah. You know, it's just you're, you're, it's your children. Okay. Know? So it wasn't really right. You know, but but after the movie did so well, then they uh, they, they rumbled in they, on it. They planned two and three, and to work our way backwards uh, at the end of the movie. They have that to be continued. That wasn't in the theatrical version, was no, it? No, it wasn't. I don't remember it, at least. Mm-hmm. Because on the DVD streaming version, at mm-hmm. the end, when the car takes off, it's your children. They got to keep them from, or they turn yeah. out the assholes. Yeah. yeah. And then the car takes off to be continued. Okay. And like I said, I, I, I think, like Dan said, that was just to spark your imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I. I don't think that happened in the, the theatrical version. Uh, I actually have the trivia right here. There we go. To Be Continued was inserted into the end of the VHS release and was omitted from the 2002 DVD release. The cliffhanger hanger ending the film was not originally intended to set up a sequel, but rather just as one last joke. It was omitted by the writer. If they originally intended to f- the following two sequels, the ending would not have had Jennifer get in the car with Doc and Marty. This is why Jennifer was almost immediately knocked unconscious in the beginning of Back to the Future Part Mm -hmm. Mm 2. So back to to the first movie. Yes. (laughs) Back to the beginning of the first movie. You know, and I thought it was interesting because they do a lot of, when you're watching the movie, and and, and I just watched it again last night for the first time in a while, um, you're watching all of these like, Really? Why did they do that? Why did they make reference to that? That was weird. You know, why did they make reference to that? And then you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that they do in the final minutes of the movie to show the changes that had been made. From the beginning. But you don't notice them as readily. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it, it's like you do that. You, you do, and this is, I think, was kind of a little bit of genius because it forces you to want to go back and watch it again. Right. Um, but I remember watching the, the opening sequence and just thinking to myself, why? Why? What, what? What's going? What's this? Why are we doing this? This? Can we get to it, please? <laughs> okay. Oh, Marty and Doc's house. Yeah. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. just like, what? what? And yeah. and Marty McFly was originally played by Eric, Eric Stoltz, Stoltz, right? Mm-hmm. And because they, they wanted Michael J. Fox, but he Meredith was busy Baxter, family ties. Because yeah. Meredith Baxter Burney was pregnant, was pregnant, and so Michael J. Fox was carrying most of the show at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Then they found out that Eric Stoltz wasn't necessarily a fit the for The chemistry that. wasn't working. So yeah. when Baxter came back to Growing or actually Pains. Or se- actually, the season ended. Or uh, Family yeah, Ties. Family when ties. they came back to Family Ties, mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox was released in order to mm-hmm. go And they had to do. refilm a lot. They were yeah, very they did five it. weeks of filming. Yeah. Yeah. Added, added $4 million to the budget. Yeah. yeah. They, did. So they, they really wanted it. And there's a couple of times where apparently Eric Stoltz is still in the movie. Like at, really? a, at a distance shot or a hand shot or something along, or from behind, mm-hmm. they just decided to keep the, the, the mm-hmm. take because it worked for the overall. So he's still kind of, quote unquote, in the movie, in costume, but he's not 
you don't see his face ever. Okay. And yeah. there there was eight days of filming where they knew he was going to be fired. Mm-hmm. They were waiting for Michael J. Fox, but they continued filming to get mm-hmm. the other characters wow. and sort of had him be Michael J. Fox's stand-in without him knowing it. Yeah. Oh, it wow. It says He's... in two instances, Stoltz remained. During one scene in the 1950s diner, there was a close-up of Biff's face as Marty launch, launches a punch at him. This was not a reshot, so that as well was hold, Stoltz's hand and arm. His head is also visible to the left of the screen for a few frames. Also in the scenes in which the Libyans are chasing Marty, the DeLorean was driven by Stoltz. Oh, okay. Okay. So. You know, I always wonder how he feels about that. I mean, I'm sure, like an actor with with plenty of hindsight in their career is like, yeah, it happened. What it happened? I got paid. Whatever, you know. But I got to imagine, you know, for a young actor who was trying to make a name for himself and didn't quite his his career didn't quite ignite like Michael J. Fox's no. did, and. And, and Fox's career kind of got its big jump start from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was already a rising star because of family ties, but this was what really kind of kicked mm-hmm. him in, into an overdrive. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the outtakes with Eric Stoltz. No, I, I don't think I, I may have. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely sort of a darker movie. He doesn't have the light comedic touch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it feels more of a science fiction drama okay and almost like he's kind of gloomy mm-hmm. and it almost feels like he's a fan of the cure that's gone back in time okay you know? <laughs> all right so it might so. not have worked as well yeah, then, as yeah. I, which is why they they say he was like a method actor wanted everybody to call him marty when they weren't oh, well Eric. there's several people like yeah. that i mean mm-hmm. think you know christian bale is the the consummate method actor yeah. these days mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. But Michael J. Fox was wound up being perfect. They did hear there was a bunch of other casting options mm-hmm. that m- some of them may have worked, some of them may not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I liked was um, I just blanked on his name, uh, uh, John. Oh shoot, the 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 guy that holds the boombox over. Oh, John Cryer, or John, not John no, Cryer? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I can see his face now. Yeah, Cusack. Cusack. John Cusack was yes. one I would have liked. Jing, show me a Coke. <laughs> and actually, Ralph Macchio, they offered the the <laughs> the job to, but he thought it was about a kid that blew, uh, drove, a, drove a plutonium car. Uh-huh. <laughs> he didn't understand the, the concept. Wow. But I think Ralph Macchio might have been good, too. Johnny well, Depp also maybe. auditioned yeah. for the role of Marty McFly. Not sure about Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp as Marty McFly. Well, this was before Johnny Depp got typecast basically as the the ultimate eccentric. It says, according to Bob Gale, Johnny Depp auditioned for the role of Marty McFly. I looked through the notes and I said, geez, I don't even remember that we read Johnny Depp. So whatever he did, it wasn't all that memorable, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was probably probably trying to play it straight, you Mm -hmm. know. It was probably back during the days of that cop show. Jump Street. Yeah, Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Mm Mm-hmm. So he wasn't. He was not allowed to evolve into the, like I said, the, the aforementioned typecast eccentric mm-hmm. as he is now. Yeah. So, do you think Johnny Depp could play anything other than something eccentric and odd anymore? Mm, like, no. could he be taken seriously as anything but? I don't think so. I don't. Th- that's I, I a good know. question. Like, that's can how good he of be an actor? The- he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, he gets into his parts. Really, he does. <laughs> And that's a whole podcast in and of itself. We could probably spend an hour talking in about Johnny Depp. When we do the Pirates of the Caribbean, we can trilogy. do that. Yeah, we can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trilogy. This, this <laughs> the, five the, degrees the, to Johnny Depp because <laughs> Tanya loves that game. <laughs> she's already she's already pinching the I'm bridge of her thinking. nose with a headache. <laughs> so I don't know if I yeah. can do. Five anyway, that's, a, that's, a, that's a question we can answer another day, but mm-hmm. it's just a thought. Um, 
were there any other names that stuck out in the in the casting? Like Harrison Ford? Was he? Did he, did he read <laughs> Marty McFly too? That would have been. Hey Doc, you know um, <laughs> that's uh, Einstein. You just killed him there, dude. And then the, the DeLorean would have flames on the side of it. Yeah, so. might, that might not have worked as well. Well, you know, actually, it would, if you think about it, you put Harrison Ford in the driver's seat, you put the dog in the in the passenger seat, and it's it's basically just kind of a whole Han and Han Chewy gag yeah, right there. there go, and yeah. it's after oh, Return of the Jedi yeah, by a couple so, of years, yeah. so you know people would have picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was also what thirty, right? Eight, to be a high school or point, you know? get a winter. <laughs> Harrison Ford in high school. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're Help a slacker. Me. No, I'm more of a scoundrel, yeah. but. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. But anyway. Um, all right. So we get the whole setup. We get we get the fact that, you know, Marty's been hanging out with Doc Brown, which that's – I would actually – this is the one question I never thought was answered throughout mm-hmm. the course of the saga, but how the two of them become friends in the first place. I mean, you can go yeah. ahead and – you can go ahead and, 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 um, and, and theorycraft, you know, headcanon type mm-hmm. of thing that Doc Brown – knew it was Marty because of their adventures in 1950s. Mm-hmm. So you get this whole kind of bootstrap paradox kind of a thing. But where, that haven't happened yet. Yeah, where Doc <laughs> goes to find Marty and meet him and be, befriend him because he knows that this is going to all be important mm-hmm. in the future. You know, it's, mm-hmm. so it's just... Well, yeah, but it's... But, one, one but those, you're right, Marty is kind of a loser, even though Jennifer worships the ground he walks on. Yes. Yeah, well, he was charming. He has mm-hmm. the charisma, but he had nothing. He was all style, no substance. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have any friends unless the other pinheads, right. <laughs> his band. Right. Um, they, I don't Doc think they Brown. even liked him. They were kind of like throwaway characters, yeah. you know? Doc Brown was his, his, like his best friend. Yeah. Because so. he didn't seem to have any other friends other than Jennifer, who mm-hmm. loved him. We need to delve back into the history of Marty and Doc Brown. There you go. I know. I was starting to like. It's time for a prequel. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Almost back to the future. <laughs> We're here in the present. <laughs> or, or no, before the past. Yeah. Before. Uh, the... <laughs> my, my head is hurting. Stop. <laughs> Come on. Oh. You watch Doctor Who long enough. I know. You, you can handle these tents messing up. But yeah, a, a lot of those opening sequences were basically just set up to show you how. To give you a glimpse of what's going to change by looking backwards and what potentially will probably be different when he gets back. And they had to show the box of plutonium in, in Doc Brown's mm-hmm. uh, right. house. Yeah. yeah. Well, according to Wikipedia, dun, dun, dun. Marty met his friend Doc Brown when he was about 14 after hearing that Brown was a dangerous lunatic. Marty, being the red-blooded American teenager he, that he was, wanted to go see what that was all about for himself. He snuck into Doc's lab and was fascinated by all his inventions. Because remember, he was the eight-year-old that set the living room rug on fire. Right. That's right. So he, so he has a natural curiosity for things that go boom. Yes. Okay. So so when the giant speaker blows up in his face there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's ready for it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, now, is Doc Brown the worst dog owner ever? Because no. he, he goes through... Well, he, he builds this Rube Goldberg contraption just so he doesn't have to feed his dog. Then he puts him in the car and sends him back in time with no idea <laughs> oh. what will happen. Yeah. But but it was only going to be gone a minute. Well, right, he, but right. it's he, the first he time he tested it. He had confidence. He had confidence yeah. that Einstein was going to be just fine. Oh. Although they looked a little unsure when the car was, you know. He looked a little panicked yeah, yeah, for a sheepdog. So looking at the beginning sequence of that, which movie came first? No, chicken or the egg. This one or um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
Oh, let's look that up. Oh, because um, just watching this opening crazy, from uh, Back to the thing? Back to the Future, it reminded me of the opening of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that's scary. Google is listening, man, because all I had to do was put H O, and it came up with <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. When did that come out? Uh, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so Honey, I Shrunk the Kids used it from Back to the Future. Google is listening because man. It just mm-hmm. that's how that opening with making the toast and things like that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. So. I just didn't know which movie came first. Well, all, all mad, you know, scientists do that kind of stuff. The Rube Goldberg. Why do you go make something so so complicated and then you just go and like to see if they because, can? Yeah, because you can. Yeah, it's it's kind of like watching those those TikTok videos where you got this really big crazy contraption to like maybe cut mm-hmm. a lime, and the guy, the guy from South Africa comes along, he goes with a knife and just cuts it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know which one I mean? Yeah, and he gets like, <laughs> and then he looks at like. Why? And he, <laughs> yeah. and he has like 40 million followers. So, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's like, like, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the game Mousetrap. <sighs> you can never put that thing together yeah. and get it to actually work. Especially the new ones. So the, old, the old ones work better, but the, the yeah. new ones don't aren't as, aren't as well made. Anyway, back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has got, is great for our way of tangenting because we can always say back to the future. <laughs> um. All right, so we, we get we get the and and as far as premises go, you know, stealing stealing plutonium from a bunch of Libyan terrorists. <laughs> Come on, yeah, that, that's actually and I love this movie. I love Back to oh, the yeah, Future. It's fun. I think it's almost a perfect movie, but there's a couple little like glitches really, that don't always, work out. There's always going to be something, especially yeah, they're dri- driving the VW the VW van, the yeah. bus. bus. <laughs> the, the Libyan terrorist thing doesn't. Yeah, work no. as well. No, but no. still, it's just—it's it, definitely a throwaway thing to get uh-huh. the pro- the plot moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the there would have been more of them rather than the Delorean. Did you guys read or ever hear the theory that eventually got used, where Marty was going to hide in a refrigerator, uh, and the plutonium explodes and sends him back to the future? No, which no. it. it uh, and I, I'm sure you can find it on Google if you uh-huh. back to the future refrigerator. Okay. Um, Hold on. <laughs> Google, are you listening? But, uh, Steven Spielberg liked that idea enough to have to Indiana in- Jones yeah. hide in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah, that's in right. In the one. Crystal Skull. Yeah. That- back to the future refrigerator time machine. Hold on. Because eventually the, the way he got back was, I think the refrigerator... And a bomb testing field in Nevada. And the original like script for like the original script Uh involved a refrigerator and nuclear explosions. Time traveling refrigerator. Let's go ahead and wipe everybody out in the process. Um, The first draft set the story in 1982. The journey would have taken young Marty McFly to 1952. Originally, the time travel device was a beam of sorts, which was powered by plutonium. And Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola. <laughs> and that effectively zapped Marty back in time. And it was, uh, uh, da, da, da. it looked like um, a red vintage Coca-Cola machine. Okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, Happened to be the last above ground atomic bomb de- detonation in the United States in Atkins, Nevada. That was 1952. That sounds a lot darker. Yeah. yeah. That's I, more Eric Stoltz, I suppose. Yeah, I went to. I, I said the script went through some changes. Yeah, yeah apparently. For, for the better, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always amusing to me, and this little technical tidbit that mm-hmm. um, the Mythbusters actually pointed out is that the DeLorean had to go 88 miles an hour 
Mm-hmm. But the DeLorean was engineered to go above really 80, 81. The speedometer only went to 85. And the speedometer only went to 85. The speedometer that they actually make short look look at every so often that goes to 95 was not DeLorean's own yeah. speedometer. Well, it says it didn't take a man of Emmett Brown's genius to work out that fridges and teenagers were not a good mix. Fearing youngsters might lock themselves in and suffocate, the element was dropped and audiences wound up with the classic image of heartthrob and hot, hot wheels. So... But many years later, the bizarre idea was revived for another big screen American adventure, this time Indiana Jones. Um, uh, we won't talk too much about that movie, though. Yeah. No. No. <clears throat> Not even when we're doing the Indiana Jones series. No. <laughs> we might skip that one because there's a new one coming out, right? Yes. Anyway, back to the future. Yeah, back to the future. My turn. <laughs> so back to the future. Back in time. Have so, you gone back in time yet? I mean, so my, my, I have to tell you, my favorite line in the whole movie is is when this thing hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. I mean, it was so amazing because Christopher Lloyd is being this frantic mad scientist uh, the entire time. And, and it leads right up to that line. And then all of a sudden, he's just standing there, and he's badass cool, mm-hmm. right? He just lays it down and like, okay, yes. we're, we're in right now. Go for it. Yeah. And... Uh, and then the rest is, is mm, becomes history. It becomes history. <laughs> yeah. The future is it comes history. Okay, now I know where we get Great Scott. Yes. Great Scott. He Scott. uses it often. Well, you know, that's been there there are this the elder characters throughout a lot of TVs and movies and serials up to that point that you know, Great Scott, Great Caesars Ghost, stuff yeah, like those that's are the classics. His, it's Superman comics. Perry White. Uh, yeah. Great Scott a Great lot. Scott. Yeah. Great Caesars Ghost. You know, like what the hell? Okay. Hail Caesar. Um, so what happened to the Libyans after they ran into the little photo booth and they flipped over? Well, they're just forgotten about they at that point. Dis- they disappeared. Did they not survive the, when the he, crash like, with the photo map? At the end of the movie, and he comes back, there's no sign of them. Yeah. You know, just, did they get wiped out? I don't, I don't know. know after I don't know. It's very strange. This is what, well, that's one of those loose ends that just sort of, they just yes. eh, well, well, you know, that. You know, plot holes thing. are kind of a thing for movies. I don't oh, yeah. know if there is a single movie out there that's ever been made plot hole free. Is it possible? Because people like us are going to analyze movies afterwards. Yes. So, I mean, is it really possible to be plot hole free? But, no. oh, I mean, overall, though, I think they did a, a fun job of tying everything up. Right. You know, I mean, the, there, the, there are the, certain things that are, we just get, you get used to it after a while. There are certain components of movies that are created for the some purpose mm-hmm. of just moving something forward. Mm-hmm. They're MacGuffins or, you know, just plot devices. Mm-hmm. There's no importance other than it's supposed to get action from point A to point B. Right. You know, and then we sit here in our podcast and overanalyze them. But yeah. they did so much little things. The, the twin pine mall to the lone, or the long yeah, pine mall. The little mall. details that you don't you notice. Know, the, on those a, things. And the, you're not just, looking. Yeah. What's that, Bob? You're, oh, you're no, just, I, I, I was just going to, oh, what was I going to mention now? I, I wound up listening <laughs> to you guys because it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, the little details. And I think, it's like I said, at the beginning of our podcast is, is you know, that whole sequence, you're, you're, you, there's a lot of what you would initially think is unnecessary setup. Why mm-hmm. is this happening? Oh, I don't get that. Yeah. All right, whatever. And then suddenly things kind of start fading. Right. Now the lo- the Twin Pines Mall becoming Lone Pines Mall <laughs> is such a blink if and you'll miss it type of a thing. Right. You you don't notice it. You're looking at something else. When it towards the end of the movie, when Marty runs up to the parking lot to see if he can help help Doc, you know, it, there it is, Lone Pine Mall. Mm-hmm. But you're not into it enough. You're not. Your brain power is not latching on enough unless you have an IQ of 300 or something that you're going to notice a detail like that. I mean, they, they, they show me when he goes, first goes back. I mean, they, mm-hmm. the, they make a you know, scene of, you right, you killed my pine kind of thing. Yeah. So you, you, can't, you yeah. get it. But it's just the fact that they thought of that yeah. and they bring that forward and everything. And they did the lingering shots of the town in 85 before he goes back. So you see 
the the, the X-rated movie yep. theater yep. that winds up in '55 showing a Ronald Reagan movie. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, no, you find out how the the, the lady with the, uh, the bell- collecting for the bell tower, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you find out what happened to the bell tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot. The, another fun line was when he finally returns at the end, and um, he's looking around, and and downtown. It is just a mess, and there's graffiti, and there's the triple X movie, you know, house, and and the bum sleeping on the the, the park bench and what. And he goes, and this looks great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and, and the bum being who, the guy who was the mayor in '55. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Mayor Goldie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Uh huh. <laughs> it's fun. They, they stuck a lot of stuff in here. I thought, I thought overall for a time traveling movie, they did a, a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. It's, hard well, it's to an do. '80s movie too, yeah. so I mean, yeah. you're you're dealing with um, a sensibility in an '80s movie mm-hmm. that there is a lot of fluff and a lot of easy to throw away. You're looking for the popcorn mm-hmm. aspect at this point. You're not going to be deep thinking. You know, the the blockbuster summer movies in the '80s were the wild roller coasters. They mm-hmm. were fun. Yeah, they're not quite as they're different now. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a podcast about that. Talk about the difference between you know summer movies of the eighties and nineties and the thousands and now. Mm-hmm. This movie it was an adventure. It was a romance. It was a comedy, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and yeah. they tied it all in together. It had it all. And I, when it first came out, I went because a couple friends of mine were going. I, I didn't really have an interest, even though I liked Family Ties. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I didn't feel like seeing it. But Ben and Sam are going. I, right. I'll go hang out with them and watch this movie. And I loved it, and I saw it two or three times at the theater and okay. many times since. Because okay. back then it wasn't – well, because movies were like four or five bucks back right. in 85. Mm-hmm. It was easier to go to a movie multiple times, mm-hmm. which I used to do a lot if I liked it. Um but I, I wound up loving this movie that I didn't really have an interest in seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember waiting in line for sequels. Okay. Mm-hmm. When, they, yeah. when they came out. I don't, remember I don't really remember watching. I, I remember seeing the sequels. But I just don't remember the hype for them. I was, I was at, uh, in Michigan okay. for at least one of them. For the second one. I don't remember which one, but yeah, it might have been. I don't remember which Maybe year. but Third. But I, I remember know. waiting out in line at the theater for it and opening day, and it was a big thing. So, But, um, yeah, I mean, back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we get the setup that we get the setup. Mar- Marty's parents are kind of losers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, the mom, drinking. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, it comes off it, the way she sets it up in, in mm. 85. She's, oh, I didn't do things like that prud- when I was prudish, a kid. Yeah. 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 And you find liar. her different once Who's Marty liar, goes liar. back. Yeah. Marty, Calvin. So that they set up all of the, uh, the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mm-hmm. When they go back to 55, mm-hmm. you find out. And George McFly is a creep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's a well, peeping Tom. It's, <laughs> it's Crispin Glover yeah. brings this whole dimension to George McFly. And Crispin Glover is, he's he's not right in the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something very peculiar about that man in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can call him theatrical and an actor, and you've seen him. I've seen him in a handful of movies, you know, since yeah. then. And I, but you see him in interviews. Interviews. He's we we had him in studio on Weezer's show. Did you really? Oh, he was a kook. <laughs> he's he, he's yeah, mental. Yeah, I got for some reason that blanks until you. Wait a second, I uh, met the guy. Wow, <laughs> he's a nut. 
<laughs> he was promoting a book uh-huh. and was in town. He was doing a book signing or something. And yeah, he, he was a tough interview. Is he wow. is he genuinely, in your opinion, because of all the mm-hmm. people you've seen in interviews and whatnot, mm-hmm. you can get a read on folks. Is he genuinely that weird or is he just putting on a character because he's got a reputation now? I had the feeling that he was weird because it was a book or a movie about rats. Did he have a rat movie? That sounds familiar. I do remember that being talked about at one point. That he was doing a speech at at the Dryden Theater. Crispin Crispin Glover. Glover. And he may have done a remake of Ben, the Willard or something. I think so. And he may have been in town for that, but I got the impression that he was. A little off. Yeah. And everybody who's ever met him shares that opinion. Including David Letterman. (laughs) Oh, it's right. They had that disastrous interview, the the two of them. Crispin wanted to show how he was a karate expert and almost kick Letterman in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Letterman's had some weird things happen to him over Mm -hmm. over the years of being behind that table. Drew Barrymore. Well, that wasn't (laughs) weird. I think you liked that one. I would would want to be Dave Letterman in that one. Um, But yeah, Crispin Glover, his has a a manner and a delivery that makes George McFly that much more awkward. And I don't know if it would... I keep debating if that was good casting. Do I, you, do know, you want George more likable? Right. So, or was that sort of really weirdness, awkwardness? Could you made him a little less awkward and still... Well, who could we have put in the part that could have handled that? Back and forth a little mm. bit more. Tom Hanks, maybe. You're my density. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, his reading on lines is both awesome and not quite right. To mm-hmm. be honest with you. Yeah, because at the end, yeah. uh, you know, when when he has this new this new future, mm-hmm. Marty, he has this new present, right. and mom and dad are actually cool and 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 fun and hip, and he just still seems really creepy and awkward. <laughs> Just what, an what old man makeup. Like Anthony Michael Hall. No, because you need to be older in the 85. Yeah. He's the dad. I'm trying to figure out someone around the right age that had like, who could play the geek. Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, he was, that was his unhinged phase. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. He would have played the really good on the edge yeah. character, but like the goofy, hapless kind of a guy might not worked. So I, don't I, I, I don't know who else was in the running for that role. Yeah. But Leia Thompson, you know, at mm-hmm. the time in the 80s, she was the America sweetheart. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the every woman, the, mm-hmm. the, the girl next door girl, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and to see her on the screen, that's a win. You right. know, it, it didn't matter what she was doing. Everybody loved Leia Thompson at the time. Yeah. Yeah, the book was called Rat Catching. That was probably, I remember rats being involved. And, so. and it was a rework of um, a previous book called uh, so it was a book it was a book okay and then it was um referenced in uh, it was shown in the opening credits of the 2003 film willard starring mm-hmm. glover it was um reworked from studies in the art of rat catching a ni- an 1896 nonfiction book now in the public domain hmm. sounds exciting henry c barkley did the original one Hmm. So he was in town either for Willard or the book, which it is something uh, it was educating pupils about the practicalities and methods regarding vermin control in the late nineteenth century. That was the original. Jesus. That was the original book. Riveting. I'm going to go right out and so get it after this. The modified version alters the meaning into collections of words and sentences by means of obs- obfuscation. 
You got it. Obfuscation. A particular text with ink and drawing. Uh, narrative resulting in either humorously surreal or utterly disturbing results. So he's fashioning himself as basically an avant-garde artist. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's essential. Okay. Yeah. But he brought this to go back to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, it, there was there was a creepy awkwardness to George. There was, yes. And then I'm, you got Biff played by Tom Wilson, mm-hmm. who's Biff. gone on to play several characters... Very much like Biff. Very much like Biff over the years. The only other thing I honestly remember him in mm-hmm. is the TV show Freaks and Geeks, mm-hmm. which was you know, the uh, starting point for um, uh, Franco and um, oh, Seth um, Rogen and uh, the, the guy from Jason Siegel. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he played the gym teacher hmm. for the geeks. And he, he was sort of a, a softened Biff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what else Thomas L. Wilson's well, let's see okay. what Tom Wilson's done. While you're doing that, going back to Crisp, Crispin Glover, it says people are asking, where is he now? The actor now lives in a Czech castle with locked rooms and roaming peacocks. It, I, really? Wow. <laughs> if you got the money and you're weird, go for it. Have hey, fun. You know? Thomas Wilson has 142 acting credits. Wow. Oh, wow. He has been around. Good for him. Uh, really? <laughs> Biff being his most famous one, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. His family Guy, uh, Psych, uh, The Spectacular Spider. So he did a lot of voice work is what okay. I'm seeing here. Okay. Ghost Whisperer, Bones, House. He's, he, he ran the rounds of all of the episodic television. But he's been around for a while. Yeah. But he, he did a good job, I thought. Oh, I yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> he had to play a lot of different aspects of himself, right? And he and he actually kind of develops it even further in the in the sequels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so. he's on. Uh, he was on DC Legends of Tomorrow. How many episodes? Uh, one, two, three, nine. Four hundred and seventy-three of nine the two hundred episodes he they was, filmed um, so far. Henry Haywood and Hank Haywood. Huh. <laughs> Dance just looking at me like what? <laughs> When you're dealing with time travel, anything is possible. That's right. My IMDb has 500 episodes, but the show has only made 273 so far. What's going on here? Back to the future. Job security. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So we get back to 1955. (laughs) This is going to be one of those days. How far into the recording are we at the moment? We're We're in there pretty pretty deeply. Pretty deep at the moment. Yeah, Yeah. And, and the hijinks ensue, and the the mistaken identities, and the and, and Kelvin the, Klein, the Kelvin Klein, and and, and I never the, saw purple underwear before, yeah. <laughs> and and then setting things in motion, you know, and, and Doc says it himself when he meets Marty in in 1955, mm. you know, we'll just keep you here, stay out of the way, everything will be fine. You haven't met anybody, have you? Well, yeah. <laughs> so now the whole. Of course, my parents. Time paradox. Yes, yeah. the whole time paradox starts to unfold at this point, and he has to put things back together again while Doc is figuring out how to get everything ready for, mm-hmm. you know, the big lightning bolt mm-hmm. to bring him back. And uh, it's just, it's just interwoven. It's chaotic, yeah. but it makes sense. It's, it's I, I yeah, because when, Marty saved George from getting hit by the car. Right. Mm-hmm. Marty winds up in Lorraine's house instead of George. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Florence Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, effect that that Doc talks about, where the nurses fall in love with their patients, you know, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, so now Lorraine is is starting to hit on her own son, mm-hmm. 
which is creepy. <laughs> it's about as creepy as Luke kissing, and yeah, kissing yeah. your sister. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, there's a subtext theme to all of our, our movie picks as of late. We're, we're, we're rolling through it at or the it's moment. It's just a theme of the you know 70s, 80s there type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Different, yeah. But well, that's a serious. But they, you know, they didn't know. Right. They she didn't. Just, she didn't know. She they didn't, didn't know. know. She didn't know. He but was. It, he was creeped out by it, which was right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And 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 so it layers on and uh, to several. The hijinks, but it all works really qu- quickly mm-hmm. towards the the big day of the dance and uh, the interactions and and of course you know Marty apparently creates rock and roll in the process. Mm-hmm. My favorite line uh-huh. uh, when Marvin Berry Chuck. Chuck, it's, it's, your cousin. Marvin, it's, it's your cousin, Marvin Barry. <laughs> yeah. Listen, no. this yeah. is the sound you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. playing Johnny Be Good, and it's it became my favorite line even more. And the Simpsons, the Simpsons reference really, in one of my favorite episodes where it's like a flashback to the '90s, and Homer has a, a grunge band. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what was it? Uh, uh, Nogasm is that the name of Homer's band? And the band's playing in like a college square, uh-huh. and they flash over to a guy on on a, a payphone, Kurt. Kurt, it's me, your cousin, Marvin Cobain. Nice. <laughs> this is the sound you're looking for in yeah. Homer's playing grunge. So they're just they're just basically ripping it right out and, yeah. and using it for themselves. That's funny. Sadgasm. 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 Jesus Christ. That's horrible. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, my word. As an inoffensive, urban light, hip-hop, smooth grooves outfit. <laughs> Okay. After Homer sees Marge and one of her professors from her university together, Homer changes the band's direction into a wholly different type of music called grunge. And then it, I have to actually go in there to read more. But yeah, so, back anyways, to the future. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, Kurt, Simpson. Simpsons yeah. did put so much stuff yeah. in all over the Kurt, place. It's me, your cousin, <laughs> Marvin Cobain. <laughs> Direct rip. Direct oh. rip. Oh. Shameless rip. All right. But one of my favorite jokes. It's a good one. Yeah. Definitely. You might not be ready for it, but your kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> now, this reminds me, um, just recently, as a matter of fact, it was kind of wild that it happened, the timing of everything, but I was doing my usual YouTube video surfing mm-hmm. in the evening hours, just kind of unwinding, and so Coldplay pops up from a concert from a few years ago, and uh, and so I like, you know, unlike Tulio, there's a couple of Coldplay, mm-hmm. Coldplay songs I actually mm-hmm. like. And and they bring Michael J. Fox on the stage because he apparently oh, yeah. was. Oh yeah, London. I saw that video. Yeah, yeah, and he's playing. They play Johnny B. Good. No kid. And the kid's no. got. He still ha- he still knows the chords. He still yeah. knows how to wail it. He, he learned how to play it for the. He actually did play it for. Yep. The, he played it. He was playing it for the, the. Now somebody took over for the singing, and somebody took over for oh, the yeah, guitar the singing solo. Was definitely not him. And the guitar solo. Okay. For um, it was Mark Campbell mm-hmm. that sang it, and um, Tim. I just thought Tim May was the guitar solo. Now, not for nothing, the guy who did the singing, they found somebody whose voice was relatively close because for a second I, I rewound the sing because it really did have an echo like it was him. Yeah. It did it, sound like Michael J. It, Fox's it was voice. Close, yeah. So I give him credit for that. He's I, I, didn't, I didn't really think it was. No? No. I, 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 from the first time I saw it, I didn't, th- didn't okay. think it was him. And that's fair because yeah. they, do, they would do that a lot. Hollywood yeah. is always good with dubbing right. over and somebody else's like, singing like voice one and it never things. fits. Yeah. yeah. It never fits. I mean, if he can't sing right. you know, naturally, then it's yeah. fine. Yeah. He was thing, a blue-eyed but. soul singer and songwriter and voiceover artist Mark Campbell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He was born in the 1950s in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Is he still with us? Maybe we can bring him into FC3 sometime. He can sing Johnny Be Good for us. 
Oh. That'd be fun. Because I could put together a garage band for him real fast. I know a bunch of people who'd love to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but, yeah. But yeah, and, and so you get this moment, and like I said, just in 30 years later, he's, he's on stage with Coldplay jamming the same chords and, and going to town on it. And the thing about this movie, there's so many false endings, whether, no, the pro, there, there's so many things happening at once. Mm-hmm. Marty has to get his parents back together. He winds up singing at the prom. He has to get to the clock tower so yes. he can mm-hmm. get the, the car back to the future, and then all the complications at the clock Trying tower. Trying to keep the, the wire mm-hmm. of plugged in. You got it. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I'm watching this scene where the the cable that goes from the streetlight to the clock tower gets trapped under the branch, Mm -hmm. and Doc is running up the stairs. If I were Marty, I would have made the five second calculation to try and get the cord out from under the tree branch. It's just me, you know. (laughs) But But I also understand that my way of looking at things shortens movies usually by hours. Sometimes (laughs) then you couldn't have Doc going, (gasps) you know. Oh, that's it. We're screwed. Sorry, Marty. We'll look for another lightning bolt. Yeah, I mean it was all improbable, and the time the exact. Yeah, well, crossing. timing the exact crossing—that's that's math. I can I can imagine well, a scientist but, but being able to pull him, that off. Having him accelerate the car like that to the mm-hmm. exact yeah yeah. I mean it was, that's, that's engineering though. See, that is actually the most plausible part of the entire movie for me <laughs> because I've watched enough MythBusters and I've watched enough science shows and stuff. I understand that. But they, do, but do they know that the clock was actually hit at that exact second? You know, the, now there's the part where you suspend dis- the yeah, display. I know, yeah. But in terms of the math, but and if you over if you overanalyze everything, you can always find something wrong. Yeah, so, I didn't. Yeah. I, did, I didn't have a problem with the whole put the car here. When this goes off, hit the gas. It's going to accelerate at this rate. It's going to get here. It's but the car didn't start right away. Yeah, well, we didn't anticipate that part. But it still hit at the same the right time. Well, that's that's plot armor. <laughs> exactly, that's plot armor. But I'm just saying the whole right. premise of getting it right, set up that yeah. didn't bother me at all. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. And then, of course, the DeLorean runs right into the front box office of the old movie theater with no damage. Did you notice he pulled out of there and well, yeah. drove away and it was fine? Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's just great. I want a car that can do that. <laughs> I have plenty of people I'd love to hit with it. Anyway, just saying. Anyways. Right. Well, yeah. Back to the you future. You did say that out loud. Yes, I did. I'll say it again. Just not right now. Um, <laughs> moving on. So and and then and you know, here's here's all the follow up questions that kind of lead you. I mean, you're, it's the big reveal. He gets home finally. He drops into his room. Everything is the same. Everything's identical. The same address. The same house. Everything's good. Okay. Except the house is nicer. Yes. When they when he he doesn't realize when he like walks into the driveway or whatever mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily as run down as it was in the beginning of the See, movie. I didn't even pick up on that. Because like the like trash cans were like all like mm-hmm. dented and banged and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. but when he came home this time, the like the lawn was pristine, the garbage cans were neat and it now, just if you're tremendously successful do you buy the same little tiny box house in the suburbs and your son is a lawyer or a businessman of some and, sort? And here's my question. At the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. Dave, the brother, is working at Burger King and living at home. Right. Now he's a successful businessman. And is still, that, living, still at living, at living at home. <laughs> However, do you think, though, the house is a little bigger? Because now that those estates are now estates rather than... I'm going to have to watch that again. Thank you very much for that idea. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, but uh, and then the yeah. sister goes from being the dowdy, you know, like dowdy spinster yeah. wannabe to no, I don't, I can't keep track of the boys who are always calling you. <laughs> well, it, and even her makeup changes. Yeah, she's yep. definitely like the yeah. the over. But the only thing up. that doesn't change is Marty's room. <laughs> Everything is identical. Honestly, Everything's right in the same spot. That did that did change? 
You got the trivia? I'll look for it. Trivia mistress, Tanya Metris. I will look for it while you keep talking. TMTM. It works out. Mm -hmm. Tanya Metris, trivia mistress. Yes, Mm -hmm. it works out really well. (laughs) Don't give me that look. (laughs) I'm on a roll over here. Why? Don't say feeling butter. (laughs) 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 Forgot about the sounds. Dan's tired today. Oh, we are all tired today. Uh, Hold on. But it was it was pretty it was, for it was pretty fun of them to do that. I mean, yeah. the little changes, you know, from the before and after, and, mm-hmm, and with a lot mm-hmm. of foresight. I think they did a lot of planning for this as far for that and I everything. It's under the quote unquote goofs because they could have made it. You know, they could have not done a lot of the stuff, and it right. a lot of it would have still been good. But, <laughs> yeah, but bringing all that stuff in there just I, I love when they they put in all these little details in movies. You know, stuff that you might not even notice. Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just, and if the or movie's just, good enough, you go back overall. You know, and the thing is, you go back to watch it again. You don't go back hunting for the Easter eggs, but you start noticing them because mm-hmm. you're used to the rhythm of the movie and itself. And you appreciate the detail of it. Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, I love, de- I love Disney because yes. they put in a lot of detail to everything. Mm-hmm. You might not notice it, but, you know, you know, why is the park so clean? Why are there no mosquitoes in Florida, you know, in, in Disney World? You know, but they, you know, all these little details, uh-huh. that's why I appreciate the movies. Once you figure that out, why there's no mosquitoes and, and bugs and stuff in Disney World, can you... F- like send that, my ha- send that to my house. There's a YouTube there's, video about there's that. There's a lot of YouTube theories. Oh, I don't think, nothing I don't fact. Think, I don't think Disney has confirmed any of this. That there's a force field over the Disney force field, or they do the, all these bug patrols, and they yeah, yeah, there's all these kind of these, these things that well, Jiminy they, Cricket eats them all. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> and who's to say there isn't? Maybe there's, we're just there, not there's noticing chicken, them. There's chickens around Disney World that eat, you know eat them and then test the chickens to make sure that the you know because they don't get the viruses and make uh, sure the mosquitoes aren't covering yeah, them. That's fair. You know, there's all these different theories, but I don't. No one's no one's up, proven. No it. one's said. And anything Disney ain't talking, right? Yeah. Anyway, back to the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see the the turnaround. We see the change. We see the fixes, mm-hmm. the quote unquote fixes. And um, you know, now Biff is not the heavy anymore. He's the he's the underling, the car wax guy. He's yeah. the car wax guy. He's the auto detailer, and mm-hmm. you know, he got put in his place, and his power just evaporated. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, you know, you see the after effects. You see his siblings are better off. But he's still the same Marty. Right. And he still has the same girlfriend. Right. And the same trip planned. It, mm-hmm. I, I love that. But now he's allowed to go on that trip yes. instead right. of keeping that a secret. And his new 4x4 mm-hmm. Ooh. that he always dreamed about, the Toyota. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I'm still looking. And then Doc shows back up. Right? Yeah. You know, looking like he's dressed from the future, or or some sort of weirdly weird eighties version thereof. Mm-hmm. He's from thirty years in the future, which, by the way, would have been what twenty fifteen. We passed yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thirty years in the future, twenty fifteen. Yeah, and I don't dress like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. We don't have flying cars. I want my damn flying car. <laughs> well, I think maybe they were playing that on like the Jetsons and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. Well, the Jetsons is coming along soon too. Oh, I saw a great one about that. Yeah, yeah. somebody was like saying, "Oh yeah, the Jetsons is set in 2062." And, and, and George is going to be born. George is being conceived pretty much in the next few weeks yes, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Conceivably conceived in the next few conceived, weeks. Conceived, whatever. You might work with I it. Can't even say the word. English major, I win. Yeah. <laughs> I have my spech impediment. Leave me alone. <laughs> But we love you, man. Yeah, I'm thinking the only thing that was um, that I saw in regards to Marty McFly's room is was under the goofs. Okay. While Tanya looks, I looked up Back to the Future trivia, and I just learned something that freaked me out. We referenced him earlier. Musician Mark Campbell did all of Michael J. Fox's singing. 
Mark was perhaps best known as the lead singer of the popular 80s band Jack Mac and the Heart Attack. Mm -hmm. Guess who has a Jack Mac and the Heart Attack album? You do? You do? <laughs> wow. Uh -huh. That's fantastic. I, they had a, uh, a song I liked. It, oh. it barely got radio play. I yeah. think they may have been Joan Rivers' band on her Fox show. I oh, forget wow. where they wow. showed up, but I, they had a song called I Live for the City uh -huh. that, that I always liked. Another piece of trivia, Jack Mac right. and the Heart Attack was the band playing at the Atlanta Olympics when the bomb blew up. Oh, my God. Wow. Huh. On that happy, that is some bizarre note. trivia. That is some bizarre that's trivia. I had like I got the the lead singer was from Jack Mac and the yeah, Heart Attack, which yeah. I, but the hey, the I rest of them. of your Jack Mac and the Heart Attack <laughs> trivia is straight out of my head. Wow. That's amazing. Which is a scary that's place amazing. to live. That's awesome. No, no, it's not that. Not, that's awesome. not, as, not as scary as you know this one over here. Just saying, what? I'm pointing at the dog. <laughs> really. <laughs> Putting, don't, don't, oh God, I'm dead. <laughs> okay, so when Marty wakes up in his bed in 1985, yeah. in the bookcase behind his head, there's a yellow magazine named RQ. This stands for Reference Quarterly, a trade journal of reference librarians. In the DVD commentary track by producers Bob Gale and Neil Canton, they admit that the set dresser made a mistake putting that, putting that in, as a teenager would have no reason to have a copy of RQ. I'd say that's an odd volume to have yeah so <laughs> but again for the casual observer they're not going to notice right. something like yeah, that that's not a uh, <laughs> not like a pepsi bottle in a medieval you know video or something well in the other goof in regards to the pepsi thing uh he um mcfly goes in and asks for a tab mm -hmm. and tab is actually a coca-cola product and then, um, but it was referenced as a Pepsi product during that time. Well, yeah. then he asked for a Pepsi free. Then he asked for a Pepsi free. And there but, is one in the yeah. final scene. Yeah. But um, yeah, Tab is, uh, oh, it says. Which is almost one of the only things that dates the movie back to the 80s. Yeah. No, the reference to the 80s soda pop. Right. Yeah. So in, in 1955, Marty wants something without sugar in it, but asks for a Pepsi free. In 1985, Pepsi-free was the name of the caffeine-free, not sugar-free Pepsi. Huh. If he would have wanted a Pepsi without sugar, he should have asked for a Diet Pepsi, Pepsi or Diet Pepsi-free. Um, they Presumably, the film ign makers ignore this order to get both the tab and the Pepsi-free gags into the scene. Yeah, the jokes are good, so mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Also, uh, what he, where his vest looks like a yeah. life, life preserver. Yeah. 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 You're off the boat? <laughs> And I think that that's Are you an aspect, and we can wrap up the conversation about the movie in this, is there is a certain level of timelessness about this movie about mm -hmm. time. There are a lot of things. There's, there, they don't dive as hard into 80s culture as, as you would expect an 80s movie to do, but they do kind of zap through 50s culture pretty well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the vibe and the, the aesthetic and, and the music, et cetera. Um, so since they spend most of the movie, it's like almost like a Wizard of the Oz. They spend more time in the other... Mm -hmm. Facet than they do in the base in the, the baseline modern mm -hmm. day right yeah. so it gives it gives the movie a sense of time that you can connect to it at any era like I just watched it again yesterday as mm -hmm. I said and it, it still holds up it's not it doesn't feel yeah. dated to me and no, the thing is it, in 1985 that may have been about the latest you could make a movie about the 50s and still have current young people sort of be able to identify with the 50s right? Mm -hmm. because of Happy Days, mm -hmm. Laverne and Shirley reruns. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't know if you could go back I, to the 50s and have kids 
sort it's not of as connectable, right? And because like Identify watching with watching it, and when um they lock Marty into the trunk of the band's car, mm-hmm. and and the band members get out and they use the derogatory term, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. I, it shocked me yeah. for a second, but then I'm like, okay, Tanya, you have to remember mm-hmm. this was more than 30 years ago that mm-hmm. they made this movie and they're referencing a historical yeah. piece 55. of vocabulary yeah. from the mm-hmm. 1955, mm-hmm. but but it was very shocking to mm-hmm. me to hear that now in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one other piece of trivia, just to go back to Eric Stoltz, mm-hmm. I just saw something that made me laugh. Uh, during his time on the film and being a method actor, Eric Stoltz refused to answer to any other name, uh, but that of the character Marty McFly. We said that, uh, when Christopher Lloyd was told that Stoltz was to be replaced, he asked, who's Eric. And after further explanation added, Oh, I really thought his name was Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now let's, that's, God, that's funny. That is funny. So, let let's wrap this up by talking about perspective. You know, when we're we were all teenagers in eighty five. Mm-hmm. You know, you were what? You were nineteen. In eighty five, I was twenty. You were twenty. So okay, and then we were fifteen. Yeah. Tanya was thirteen. Um, so we have that ability of we're going to be looking back into a generation that we didn't. We were definitely not a part of. It was our parents' generation, the fifties. Mm-hmm. So it happened all before us. Now let's fast forward and say Back to the Future was brand new. It's a whole new concept. They're making it in twenty twenty one, and they go back thirty years in twenty twenty one to nineteen ninety one. Yeah, and they don't—they're not discovering rock and roll. They're discovering grunge or whatever. This new band, bare naked ladies, is forming. Exactly, vanilla ice, ice, ice baby. I just, just, just the whole—the whole concept that thirty years seems so huge when you're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. But for us now in our fifties, I was a freshman in college. Yeah, for for our fifties, we're looking back at our. Wow. Yeah. Our prime. Yeah, and actually, when this movie came out, I feel really old now. Yeah, it, because the '90s to me just feel like not that long yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, seriously, I, it, it's hard to imagine that yeah. it was 30 years ago. I gotta wonder if if our parents felt the same way, you know. But I wonder what social media and the modern era of computers and and having all of our memories kind of at our fingertips, as opposed to you know cold so hard much, pictures and stuff. So like much that. changed between 55 and 85 yeah. in history. And then, uh-huh. I think more than between the 90s and 2020. Right. Uh, you, you had technology the Beatles, technology, yeah. the right. Vietnam War. The, it was a much more huge yeah. shift in the flow of history than yeah. in, the, in and, those the previous 30 years than in the recent 30 and years. And like Dan said, just well, the like, advances in technology are mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. The way cars were made. And, mm-hmm. I mean, today, I mean, technology is just crazy because yeah. you know with our with all we have at our fingertips with the phone so we can go look for cat videos is, is that, right exactly and you know, would, a 90, would a 90s car look basically like a 2020 car not necessarily there is definitely some I'm, some design yeah. differences in not the not as big of a change from the 80s to the 50s yeah so. the aesthetic is definitely there's, not there's as definitely, dramatic yeah so but there you have it so it's 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 interesting to look in that perspective mm-hmm. so so is that all we want to say? Do we have any last comments? Any last notes to the song? I'm just going to look forward love. Look forward to watching the next yep. installment of Back yeah. to the Future. So yep. next, uh, next, Now, here's the thing, listeners. Um, there's going to be a two-week delay in, um, in monkey business right now because next week is Father's Day. 
uh, we would record on Sunday, the Father's Day. And, uh, and so we're going to take that break. And then so it's going to be two weeks before you hear our, our take on Back to the Future 2. So just keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, but in the meantime, we'll, we'll entertain you. Find, we'll find ways to entertain you, as we always do. We always do. We always do. We always do. And if we don't entertain you, we're at least entertaining ourselves, and that's really right. We hardly ever do that. You can no. laugh at us. <laughs> Instead of with us, you can laugh at us. Yes. Okay. And on that note, we'll take a quick break and then yep. come back for question of the week. There you go. Nicely done. No, now that we're doing it, yeah. we're trying to decide our question right, well, of the week. Well, let's just start from scratch, though. What was what was question ten? What was number ten? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, Ewoks were the best thing of yeah, the. More of a, yeah, okay. Ewoks were the best thing about the original Star Wars trilogy. The best thing about the whole trilogy. The whole trilogy. If it weren't for the Ewoks, Jesus. the whole trilogy would have been fallen flat. I see. Prove me wrong. I absolutely. <laughs> change my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know our friend Mark would totally change your mind on that because what, what he was, can't What's number stand. six on that list? Have we ever touched it? Geeks are like all those guys in Revenge of the Nerds, right? <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's uh, aspects, uh, but... Uh, yeah. Not anymore. And then we went to, what was the one where we did the song You said one? two, and you're like, we did that yeah, one. Yeah, we did two already. Then we went to, what, 50? 51. 51. 51. Tell a bizarre two-minute story about the night you slept in the woods. I can do that, actually. Okay. Okay. So you want me on? Okay, two minutes. All right. So the, one of the few times I went camping, I was with my college buddies, right? And uh, it was dark out, and we were all intoxicated because that's how the best stories start. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, of course, at three o'clock in the mo- two o'clock in the morning, um, suddenly we're waking up with flash- flashlights, and we're like, "Let's play tag!" And they're all running around. <laughs> Here's a bunch of drunk post college guys running around the, this freaking campground trying to trying to find each other. And and so at one point, I'm realizing I have no idea where the hell I am, so I'm walking back. And I'm, I'm trying to find my way back to, to some sort of civilization so I can just, if it, I had, I've had enough of this game. So as I'm walking, I, I suddenly hear behind me, shh, shh, shh. And I stop. It stops. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, it's got to be one of them. Tra- so I'm looking for flashlights. I'm looking for, you know, breathing. My, my buddy Kirk often was smoking, so I'm looking for the cherry of the cigarette, stuff like that. I'm not hearing anything, so I go back to walking. Shh. I'm like, okay, this is starting to freak me out a little bit. I'm not fully intoxicated at this point, but coming down off the buzz and not feeling really, you know, sure of what's going on in reality. So I start picking up the pace. It picks up the pace. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm almost dead run back here. And suddenly I stop and I go, what? I turn around, what? I had cut a branch <laughs> on, my, say, on my shoe, and I was dragging it along <laughs> behind me. I was going to say, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, would you forget you were wearing corduroy? Yeah, I know, that's what I was like, you know? uh, parachute pants, what are the, you know, those yeah, nylon. exactly. That, that's what I was waiting for. So that's that's a thing. And I'd, okay. caught, I'd caught something on my sneaker. And, uh, okay, I have one. It's not as bizarre as his was, but uh-huh. um, in 96 when we went camping down at Letchworth, um, the strange thing is I got the chicken pox that weekend. And I never had had them before. So I got them camping, but I only had the itchies, so it wasn't too bad. But it was like early, either Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and it was cold. And we hear the thunk of 
the axe chopping kindling. It must have been like four o'clock in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we hear from another tent, hey, Paul Bunyan, what are you doing? Or like, knock it off. And the, uh, the other guy's like, but I'm cold. Oh. Because they only had one of those green plastic pop tents uh-huh. and and like a blanket from their car oh god so that's all that they, they had were they, they were not ready, ready for no it, it was our friend tim and he was not ready for it and he had the day before he had tried to catch up with mark and someone else that had been drinking or whatever so well, he was trying to catch up let, let me find my world of warcraft players out there Are you ready they were not prepared no they were totally not prepared and it was just we're like, oh my god! We just rolled back over in our sleeping bags and went back to sleep. But yeah, it. it was like four That's or five funny. o'clock in the morning. We could hear the axe chopping the wood. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. what, what else we got? Okay, actually, oh. I, I've I just re- oh Juno has a story. Juno has a story. Okay, apparently she's been no, camping. I, actually, I I, I do it have might something. Be Wait, hang on um, a second. Hang on a second. Sure. Timmy's trapped <laughs> in the well. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, back in. 99 or 2000 went up to a folk festival in the adirondacks the falcon ridge folk festival okay me and my girlfriend at the time we got the camping tickets and it, like it's went from thursday to sunday the the festival so thursday night we got a tent we find our spot we're camping thursday night it's really cold oh no so I'm not. Yeah, I don't camp. I, I'm, I'm just. I just don't camp. Yeah. Lily left the city. So I left the city. Yeah. So uh, Friday morning we get up. Let's see if we can find a hotel, a bed and breakfast, something we can spend the rest of the weekend. We'll leave our tent here as our base camp for the rest of the festival. Mm-hmm. This is where we'll hang out during the festival. At night we'll go to where. Well, there's like. 12 15,000 people at this festival and people much more prepared than us had already booked every hotel oh, motel bed and breakfast uh, yeah. within <laughs> travel miles we stop at a bed and breakfast just to check and the lady goes well you know what i'm all booked up but my daughter's out of town with her with no at her father's let me and she. You look like a nice couple, so we got to stay in this lady's daughter's bedroom with her like Backstreet Boys poster. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So uh-huh. we spent the rest of the weekend. And That's like more planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles than anything else. Yeah. Right. right. There. Yes. So we wound up with a warm place to stay at night. Awesome. And, and with you know, it was kind of yeah. weird being in this teenager's bedroom, but well, you know, it worked for us. But you so. had a you had a bed exactly, and, and you had a great camping story last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he he told. Us last week. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that sounds like fun. That should yeah. be enough. That's yeah. enough. That's yeah, enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Next time we'll talk about songs that we have to sing whenever we hear them, yes. even though we may not know the whole all the lyrics. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how the music used to make me smile. And we've just been banned in North Korea. Thank you. <laughs> we do not own the rights to the music. <laughs> Come on, I've got another eight minutes. <laughs> Freebird. <laughs> oh, I can do that one too. I'd have to think about that. <laughs> so on that note so, so hey Dan hey Chris <laughs> hey, hey Dan yes Chris yeah you hit it alright <laughs> bye bye Miss America bye <laughs> This has been FC3's Monkey Business. As always, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. Produced by the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Purveyors and producers of... 
the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you September 25th and 26th of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Linktree, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week, have a safe week, and we will talk to you again in two weeks. Dun, dun, dun. dun.